I'm unapologetically fly. I don't wonder why, that's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, that's just my. Uh, 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 come on. Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com and I'm here again with my good friend Ryan Christian or the last Vagabond, uh, last American Vagabond. I just read Vagabond on your, your shirt and completely missed out the, the middle <laughs> word there. So completely cocked that intro up, but I like it. So we'll keep it. How, <laughs> how are you doing anyway? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's funny. I just mentioned this on the show that I was watching uh, Big Brother Watch or playing a clip from that on, on the show. And I just made a note about how much I like that saying, you know, the, the cock up. <laughs> I just love the... <laughs> It's one of my favorite sayings from the crossover there. It's like, the, you could say that on TV. Apparently you can say that on national TV. <laughs> oh, does it mean <laughs> something here. different there? I suppose here it does mean something different. Yeah, yeah. It does mean like that. Mess up, well. But over here, it's, it's you know, you, I don't believe you could say just the first word on, on national TV. Probably not. <laughs> right. Well, it's like fanny pack over there. It means something completely different over here. Absolutely different. Yeah, yeah. I'm bummed. It means something different over here as well. <laughs> completely different. Yeah. If you're feeling bummed over here, then you've you've had a good Saturday night and you can't remember. There's some blackouts. But yeah, how are you anyway? How are you doing anyway over there in Tennessee? Um, how's it uh, going over there? Uh, you know, all things considered, it's it's better than some. Let's put it that way. You know, we, we were briefly saying before we started, you know, it, it, I'm lucky to be in the place that I am. And I feel I'm sure a lot of people feel that way in certain locations. Really, all it comes down to is that where I am seems to prioritize our ability to make our own choices over most everything else. Now, that doesn't even necessarily mean that the local government here, just the, the town, the people in where I am are pushing back, at least in regard to the forced mandates, the forced mask. The same thing I've been saying. It's your choice. If you think it's right, it's up to you. Right. And I just feel lucky to be a part of a community that supports that. Your work has been credible over the years. I'm not just saying that the way you put out content on an almost daily scale of, of constantly commentating on the news and keeping up with this stuff. How do you not go mad? Because like I have to take breaks from this COVID madness. I mean, it was, we've been doing the conspiracy research for years. That's nothing new, but this is so intense and it's just nonstop. Doesn't stop. Doesn't go anywhere. Um, how do you not go mad and how do you take some time away from it because you're constantly day to day five days a week putting up videos on on um bitchu on uh, on um what's the rumble I've, I've just started watching your rumble channel and um it's intense mate yeah it's a good question and I, I have a lot of experience with this and i've thought about this a lot over the years because i've worked with people long before covid started i mean this one the person i'm thinking of now actually was pertaining to another really difficult topic to do for to, to focus on for a long time which is however you want to frame it just pedophilia and positions of power you know the manipulation the jeffrey epstein topics and the sexual blackmail networks and on and on trafficking and all that and this guy i worked with was really passionate did excellent work and was really passionate about it and we had this stuff we set up a show and it just burned out after like three months he's like i can't do this anymore like it's I, and i get it like I just, I think, I guess my answer is that I think I'm just, just made for this personally. You know, I don't know whether, what that means exactly, but I have the ability to immerse myself in this and feel it, you know, like emotionally connect, like on a level to where, you know, like I've always said, like, I feel like I'm, I'm fighting for those without a voice in whatever field we're talking about, you know, where I'm standing up in a position where they can't and I emotionally connect with that, but then I stop. And I, and I do, I go do my own thing. I read, I play the guitar or whatever I do. And I just have the ability to kind of shut it off. 
And I have always been able to do that. But lately, it's been more difficult, to be quite honest. The last probably so many months, even just the last couple of weeks, in fact, I've been like, I kind of need to take some time off, you know, like just maybe just three, four days in a little block and get away and just kind of clear my headspace, you know, and I've something we all need to do. But I think the most important thing, other than just me being able to sort of just manage it, I guess, for a longer period of time, is just trying to do everything you can in a daily basis to break away from it wherever you can. I often talk about things like grounding, you know, going outside, taking a moment, taking your shoes off, laying on the ground if you can, just like connecting with the earth at a you know physical level, contact. It actually has a scientifically va valid, studies have shown that there's a benefit to that. But, you know, going out in nature, taking walks, spending time with your dog, playing music, things like that, and just trying to find outlets that aren't like, I use my brother already for an example. He's, he's an outstanding person and he really cares about what's going on today. But what a funny example, because he can't put this down right now. And most of us can't, right? I mean, this is everything right now. Anybody that's really paying attention to this is going like, okay, this is easily the most important, most alarming thing I've ever seen in my life. What, you know, everything that's happening every second of his day is constant. He's at work. He's looking at stuff online. He's sending me tweets. He's talking about it more than me. And I think that is what burns people out. You know, you can't put it down and it becomes this insurmountable thing. And then you start falling into the traps the mainstream media set for you. You know, you get fearful, you get concerned, you get anxious, and that bleeds into every part of your life. And before you know it, it's just nonstop cortisol, right? You are just a constant fear, fight or flight mentality. And that's exactly what they want, I would argue. And that wasn't really your question, but I rattled on there for a minute. <laughs> no, it, it is because it's, I don't see many people, they do, we do this sort of work and we concentrate on the information and the data and the, but we don't talk about each other as researchers much. I don't see many like interviews out there. We talk about how you're getting on because this is mad. And and very few people, there's probably a good 200,000, I reckon. I mean, probably less than that. That's me being um, probably really optimistic that really understand where this is heading, like really understand it. Some people to, to some more degrees, I wouldn't say I understand this in many ways as much as a Whitney Webb which is very analytical in one area, but then there's the bloodline element to it. There's so many different things that go on here. A lot of people right. stop at the political level, but don't really understand how it goes back into mythology. And there's so much more going on here that people don't understand. Astrotheology, religion, the economy. Your work is so important to really bridge that gap for people. I always send people to your guys' direction in regard to that next level, you know, if they're ready for it. Thank you. Bless your heart. Because I, I uh, personally, I don't think I'm that good at the political stuff. I'm not that good at the economy stuff. I, I'm more of a, a people person, whereas a lot of people are very analytical and, and can, can hold, hold the data a lot better than I can. But we all need to kind of support each other. And I find that there isn't much support. Have you seen any divides in the, the, the alternative media between people that, that have gone off and maybe gone other ways i know that i've lost friends that i've actually made series with and TV and shows with that actually have gone completely different way and, and almost made it into a political statement have you found others that you thought may have come longer longer in the journey but have got left behind yeah for, actually you know in both directions i mean there are people that at least a couple of people i could think of that i that i definitely have lost you know, that we broke our association because of everything that's happening. And, and not, not like we just don't talk anymore, but like literally like the, it, it broke down because of the, what this has revealed about people, you know, and maybe that's both ways for all I know, you know, but, uh, but on the other side of it too, I have seen a lot of divide amongst the community, that, you know, and to be quite honest, without even putting a fine point on it, there's a lot of people, as you well know, in both in any field, but specifically independent media where people are either put there 
to divide or to manipulate the flow of information or that are abusing the situation, not because they're, that's their objective, but just because they want to make money from it or abuse situation for their own benefit. And there's a lot of that going on. And that's always been there. But with everything today, it's becoming really, really clear. You know, I think for Syria was a good example of how, for at least from maybe in my flow of understanding all this, it, where it was really clear to me, there was a lot of people that were abusing the narrative and taking other people's work and using it, you know, things like that. Now, today we're seeing a similar thing where there are a lot of people out there that are sort of standing on the shoulders of people like you and others that have been talking about this for a long time and acting like they're discovering things today. Now, there's a positive side to that because, yes, that is getting out to a broader audience. But what the real question we need to ask is, what is their next step? Are they going to use that good information to then project everybody out or, or, or not project, but blast everybody out, whichever word you want to use into the next part of that information and where it really goes? Or are they going to get you in an Alex Jones, in my opinion, kind of direction and say, this is great information and then drive you back into somewhere where you're not going in the right direction. That's where I saw things like Russiagate and QAnon from the previous psycho psychological operations is they essentially let you think that you were going in a positive direction, but they jammed you back into the system. Right. And that's what a lot of these things do. And I think a lot of that false independent and mainstream media today is about getting you thinking that you have the answer. I mean, just look at all the people right now that think that the injection is going to save them. Obviously, that's not the even even if you believe it's the safe and effective thing, even still, it's not taking you in the direction that they promised it would. You know, it's about trying to work them back into that system. And I think a lot of that is happening today in the independent media in particular. So it's just about being very careful. Like we used to question everything, look at multiple sources and, and, and ask yourself where it's really trying to go. One of my last point on this is one of my really obvious one of the real obvious directions that I see this going that I promise is going to happen is that they are using the vaccine discussion as sort of a cloak for the passport infrastructure. Whereas it's like, well, you know, the vaccine is the real focal point. And then we act like we got a win somehow, even it would be sort of a win to, let's say, be able to mark down natural immunity on that passport. And we act like we won, we got it. We have not, well, is that a win? Because we're still using the passport. We're still stuck in the infrastructure until the next illusion comes along. What is that? Social credit, climate change lockdowns. I mean, we don't ultimately know. The UK's already admitted they're driving this toward the future. The passports are being ab adapted to a million different things right now. It was just on that same channel I was talking about. Derek. So we need to see where that's going. Yeah, and you see a lot of that, a lot of this political. Also, I think I really do sort of see is that people that have been doing this for a while, we tend to kind of bubble underneath it. And then you've seen people come out of nowhere and have huge audiences for the first film or their first podcast series. And it's all oh, the money behind it, clearly. Um, and it and it gets almost gets almost like a, a B B side mainstream media push. And they need that. And I see that happening. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. I mean, people like myself and Ryan and and um, many, many others. I've seen Wayne McCroy. I really, really like um a lot of the guys that have been sort of doing this a long time, but only have a few, have like five or 6,000 followers. Whitney Webb has a certain level. They, But what I do actually really like about that is that we kind of get to be able to do the real stuff along in the background. So almost we're kind of shielded behind the ones that are really going to get the flack. So in a way it kind of backfires because we're not in it for, to, I mean, to, quite frankly, we're not in it for, to be seen. It's not exactly an easy right. job to do. This is not an easy route to take. Sometimes I wish I could, I, I could do the whole thing and switch it off in my brain and not know any of this stuff. But once you know it, it's Pandora's box, you know it, and you can't not do anything about it. Um, and um, 
So I feel like, do you, you see that people coming out of nowhere and then suddenly they're given this big platform and they don't tend to get deleted off things. Like I've been deleted off of Spotify, right. Spotify. Like I only had like 3000 subscribers to glitch the code and what, but you know what I mean? But then there's some big right. shows on there that speak about the same things that I do. Bizarre. This is, exa- this is exactly my point. And, and again, and I'm glad you said that because it, it gets misconstrued as us going, you know, but we should be the ones being paid attention. That's not what I'm saying. Right. It, I mean, look, I should, I should counterbalance that with, obviously, if we're all being honest with each other, everybody wants to get credit for things that they do work for. That's obvious. It's human nature. But that's not what we're talking about. It's about using that and then redirecting people once they get on that next track to the wrong direction. That's how they always use this stuff. I mean, this is, I mean, you could argue a Trump was an example of that if you believe that when, you know, it, there's a lot of examples that show you that people get given something that seems to be their direction, but then it redirects them politically once it works for them. And that's not what, and the plan was to misdirect them. Right. And so these larger people, even if they have good intentions, grabbing onto something without pointing back to the people that they're taking it from, which I don't know how that could be good intentioned, but they can then drive you in a direction that's mainstream, you know, that drives you in the direction of accepting that the national immunity on the passport was always the thing we just won. And now it's all over. You know what I mean? Even though they are exposing, let's say truth about natural immunity. Right. The, all, the only thing I'm asking for is that people continue to stand back, look at those things, but continue to counterbalance it with people like you and Whitney and myself and any number of other people out there that are continuing to question even our own conversation. You know? Yeah. There's, there's a classic example is the kind of like, I don't think they should mandate the vaccines, but everyone should get it. And here's why these people should get it. And then you go, oh, at least I don't want it mandated. This, this certain person putting the information out. But you realize, OK, I didn't even want it anyway. They're kind of giving you a little bit. They're almost like middlemen. Mm. They're not really there, but they're put in to give a little bit back to say, almost feel like someone's fighting for you, um, but they might not necessarily, and they may not even be known they're being used that way. Um, but it's kind of like they've taken a little less freedom away from you. Yeah, well, I, and I would argue in a, in a more finer, in a finer point that it's more like saying, okay, well, you know, yeah, we're not going to force the injection, and so we'll we'll take that off the table. And so you hear the conversation, you go, oh, good, they're not forcing it. But the part you meant is misses, but you'll have to take a test three times a week and you'll have to do this in quarantine. Right. So it's like, well, is that even that's obviously not a win right there. Like, I mean, a small win if you feel like obviously the injection not being forced on people is the good thing. But once you acquiesce to that control structure, what's to stop them from three weeks from now, a month from now, next variant to saying, well, oh, now it's dangerous again. Now we're flipping back to mandates, but now you've already accepted it. Now there's no going back, right? It's incremental. The same way I've been hearing nurses talk about the the mandates where I've heard a lot of nurses argue this and even heard from inside conversations, this is the plan to essentially threaten the mandate. We're going to force everybody on this day, right? And then things shift. OSHA does this or lawsuits suspended or whatever. And it keeps ebbing and flowing, yep. right? Oh, on this date, we're all going to be forced to matter. Or what? And then they go, oh, we're pulling it back a little bit. And so they got a lot of people to go, oh, I'm going to do it because we're going to be forced. And then they pull mm-hmm. it back. Now, next week, it's going to be another reason. Now we're going to force it next week. And every time they do that, they get another grouping of people that go, oh, okay, I'll just do it. I'm tired of this. Yep. So maybe that was always the point. Maybe they knew they couldn't drop, cross that line. And so they're just kind of dancing back and forth. I just played that clip from Pelosi from whenever months ago, where she's going, you know, we have no right to force people to take injections. We can't do that. That's not our right. And here they are <laughs> months yep. later, you know, it's just, it's insulting to our intelligence. It is. And that's exactly what they do. And that's why I, I point everybody into the, to the Biderman's chart of coercion every time. Right. Guys, if you haven't looked at Biderman's chart, it's literally stick it on your fridge 
and then have print it out and have a look. And every time something happens, go and put a tick next to that box because they're working their way up and down and up and down that. And it's so piss poor, quite frankly. It really, really is. How do you see it on a, on a scale? Because this is quite clearly COVID, climate change will be the next one. Um, they've tried to sneak it in the UK a little bit and it everyone farted on it, but it'll be back. Um, they had, they tested it a little bit recently, which I'm sure you're aware of. And um, they kind of, then the Omicron nonsense came out and now they've, they've kind of scooted away from that again. Um, but they've dropped a little bit there. So I don't... <sighs> How do you see kind of, because to me, it's just an economic shift. This is all about economics. This is about creating a new Rome, an empire, a new empire. The empire has fallen and they can't come out and tell people this is fucked. So they're having to kind of switch it and they, they needed a boot. They needed a reason to generate, um, they, generate income, generate money, generate a new way of, of a new economy. And it's, the, and it's medical that that's why it's going to be. It's all free. The big pharma, the pharmaceutical industry is, is bigger, is I think a, like 10 times bigger than the, the military. Um, wow. So it's the pharmaceutical industry is what they've chosen to create this new economy around. To me, it's quite clearly about, about the economy, clearly yeah. not about health. They've used this, whether it's a real thing or not. I, 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 I've, I don't know if that's a a discussion that I really need to go into anymore. I think it, it could be, it could not be. I really don't know. I still haven't met anyone with it. Um, but this is clearly about resetting the economy and a right. new way of, of us functioning um, because it's collapsed and they can't come out and tell you it's collapsed. What are your kind of takes on that? I agree. I'm actually interviewing Catherine Austin Fitz tomorrow. Fun, funny, I was going to interview her the other day, but my computer just suddenly crashed and, and just wouldn't turn back on. It's a classic <laughs> technocratic censorship we're in today. But but uh, she that's one of the things that I'm really interested to talk with about her or talk about with her because it's in her mind, and I agree completely. At least in a in, in I would say one of the largest obvious directions or, or focal points in all of this is that it's all about it's all about financial. It's all about the economy and re-establishing the economy, a new central system, a new digital currency. You know, that's what she believes is the only thing that matters in all this. And I agree to like the ninety fifth to like most of it. You know, but I, I it's hard for me to put only finance on this. I yeah, feel yeah. like there's a level of a sinister nature to all of this that I can't get away from that just is so obviously throughout the whole thing. But I agree to the economic part of this. It's it's a huge they can't do what they're trying to do without that. Right. One of the key parts of this technocratic revolution, the Great Reset, Build Back Better, is destroying and rebuilding the economy in a way that works with this new digital centralized system, you know, from world down. I mean, this is something that has been discussed. From, I mean, I, I always point to things like the converging technologies document. That's getting into nanotechnology, but we, it applies. It's ubiquitous today. I mean, it's being applied in just about everything I can possibly imagine as or artificial intelligence. You know, they laid these things out as how they were going to change our world, including human nature. Our, they were in 2002. It was basically saying they were going to alter human evolution in 20 years. I mean, we are exactly on time right now. You know, <laughs> what is happening? You know, so the economic part of that, I think, is just the to make it as simple as possible, in my opinion, just kind of like the control structure around all of that, right? They need that. That's the social credit. That is the financial manipulation. You know, you can flip off your credit, your credit score. I mean, it's obvious how that they can't, they can do it today, but not to the same degree as they would, as they want to build it out, as they're telling us they want to build it out. It's a similar thing I've heard Whitney Reb 
we've talked about recently it's kind of like the monetization of natural resources it's like yeah. there's nothing left so they're trying to look around to think what else can we mine here and what can we mine only in the natural resources and i mean it's like charging you co2 carbon tax taxing people and then building businesses around creating finance out of of the supposed save the world type stuff well, he- Here's a great example of what you're saying right there that ties into exactly what's happening. And maybe this is the first step is look, essentially, what does it appear they have done with the injection based on the scientific research and multiple angles that are showing you that this thing, it, at least the study shows that 50% of people that take the injection go through what's called uh, immune deregulation, which is like lymphocytopenia, right? Your immune system is suppressed. Right. So essentially, and they don't know how long that goes on, could be forever. So what are they ultimately doing there? You could frame it in the same light. Are they are taking your immune system away and reinserting something, and maybe that's the wrong term for it, that is that needs to be updated. Right. Mm-hmm. They use the terms of operating system, plug and play, all this stuff, whether that's meant to be an analogy or not. So we're watching them replace your immune system with something that needs to have something regularly put into it. That is natural versus artificial. That is everything we're talking about today in every possible angle. And I think that's the most obvious example. I think it's right a great now. example. Yeah, I think it's a very strong example. Dr. Robert Malone talks about something similar. The, 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 for me, it's quite clear that if this coronavirus ever did exist, um, and, and I'm kind of included that it did, but it was all it really was, was a very minor respiratory illness that only really affected, as we knew at the start, elderly people, people with comorbidities. And we, if we were really trying to stop it, we would have dealt with it then with those people. It's quite clear with with um, with the medicines, the repurposed medicines that, that we can't talk about anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I feel like they're doing is they're purposely making us weaker but so this gets stronger if it's a virus and it's getting stronger it will find its way around so say me and you my, my kind of theory is me and you have a different um slightly different immune system slightly different so if me and you are in a fight with this virus it's got to find two ways around to beat an opponent if i my my immune system and your immune system are set the same for these vaccines it's got one opponent and that's what it's trying to do, I believe, is set everybody's immune system one way. So everybody gets ill from the same thing, something that we would never have gotten anywhere ill from before. And then sell us, selling us, like Bill Gates did with Microsoft, selling us, selling us the, um, the, the, well, the, the virus uh, software to, to right. stop the virus that it's giving us. But the fact is that we, we were able to fight this off naturally. So the ones that aren't getting this, we all have different, very different immune systems. And it can't fight every one of us off. It finds the parts least resistance. So it's making everyone the same, transhumanism. Mm, right. That's, it's very interesting. And that totally lines up with everything. Here, here's an interesting thought on, on top of all of that that I've thought about. I mean, I, this is just my, th- my opinion, my theorizing about it. But if you look into the data about what, kind, what you're kind of touching on there, the, the, maybe the leaky vaccine discussion or right, the idea of how this thing is creating variants, right, which is all the science before all this that nobody's allowed to talk about, right, same kind of thing. It's interesting to, to consider the fact if you actually research what a leaky vaccine would do, if, if, if I, I don't know if you'd say it done perfectly because a leaky vaccine by definition isn't perfect, but let's say somebody set out to make a perfect leaky vaccine, right? Intentionally. What it would, yeah. Yes, exactly. What it, what, it, what it would do based on the, my understanding of it is predominantly affect the unvaccinated because what would happen was the people who are taking the injection it, it actually suppresses their, they don't get sick, which is what their narrative is, right? Don't die, don't go to the hospital, even though it's not true. None of the data backs that up. Maybe they're just continuing narrative wise, but it, was, it, it would suppress all those negative things, 
it would allow the but but it would allow the virus to continue to spread. So people taking the injection aren't hurt by it, but they're spreading it around everywhere. And if you look at the research historically, if it's just like a leaky vaccine supposed to be, the people who are unvaccinated are getting the brunt of that because it's changing and it's hurting them. But here's the difference. You add in the possibility of the blood clots and the Bell's palsy and the, you know, the thrombosis. I mean, everything else we're seeing and suddenly it tilts the scale a little bit. And now what's happening is you and then, of course, you also add in the natural immunity. So let's just say those things weren't considered. It would almost be the plan to make something that would hurt the people who don't take it. But maybe that's because they're incompetent. Maybe this wasn't the plan. Maybe they lost control of this. Maybe they had the side effects that they had from all the past times they've tried to make a coronavirus vaccine. And all of a sudden, it's predominantly hurting the people who took it. Maybe that wasn't the plan, right? I mean, I know the depopulation conversation comes up a lot, and I'm certainly open to that. I just don't really understand why they would remove all the people that they need and use, right? Certainly possible for different reasons. But at the end of the day, I had that thought. And I just wondered if maybe this is yet another example of their incompetence and their rushed effort to do things for control or how we've seen the government bungle a million other things. And maybe that's them trying to make work what they've already messed up. Just a certain, just a thought to consider. Yeah, I think, and I think it comes into the fact there are lots of different agendas going on here as well. And lots of, lots of different people pushing, pulling, and they're trying to make a perfect, the perfect evil plan with a few thousand people trying to get their way, like a eugenics element to this obviously Absolutely. we know bill gates bought um, raised in the eugenics cult for god's sake and he's <laughs> anyone who, who doesn't even know that i have no idea where your head's been for the last well, 10 years just to add to that other other than something like that that the, the normie out there would probably dismiss without even looking up is the simple fact that you can look at the look first of all look up what eugenics is if you don't know and understand that there is a there's countless examples thus far that show you Almost an undeniable hint of that. Let's, for instance, like in England, where it turned out, and I'm sure it's changed since then, but this was like four months ago, that 60% of all the people that have died from COVID had uh, disabilities. 60%. How mm-hmm. in the world does that even make sense? This is not, this, it, there's no, the, the overall picture shows you that there's a focus on people that are a problem to the system. Or as, excuse me, as you know, the DNR situation that happened in the UK and how they were giving people do not resuscitate orders for people that had like dyslexia. I mean, there's no way to misunderstand what that shows you. Or, I mean, any number of things that we've talked about, I think you and I have already talked about, you know, the eugenics part of that is very clear whether or not that was like the ultimate driving point for this whole thing. It's a huge drive. Well, it's funny you should say that because Matt Hancock came out yesterday and say, saying that he had dyslexia. So maybe they were after him all along. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Or, or what, yeah. what's the other one? The, the Madazalam discussion? I think I think Gareth is the one that even broke that story for the most part, right? Yeah, and yeah. Should, Gareth did jail on the right now. We, we'll just put a film out about that called A Good Death. Yeah. And it's it's doing, I mean, it actually is a lady on, on um, Infowars right now, the lady that was in the film. Um, and she's on Infowars, literally, I think right now. She's probably finished now. I'm talking about the film. It's it's getting really, really big. It was released at the weekend and they released it in the cinema in Wales that the police were trying to shut down because they refused to implement any of this nonsense. Um, so the film is doing doing really well. It's called A Good Death. It's over on Iconic now and you can watch that. Um, but it's, it's a great film as well. My friend, um, a good friend of mine, Gabe, who's who does a lot of the work on the, on the films that I make, he actually directed, um, sorry, did he direct it? No, he edited it. Um, Jamie directed it. It's a very, very good film. Um, yes, but they're doing great work. There's that remdesivir crossover too. That's what Dr. Artis is talking about. It seems like the same objective from a different angle. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's about the care homes and how they basically put people to, to an early death um, and to get the numbers up. And that's quite clearly what's happened 
here um and yeah it's well worth looking into but the the eugenics thing is part of it and also the, the dna changing so i think that's a massive element obviously we've got the, the uh, third like the hitler type vibe of that of keeping the the, the certain bloodlines alive and then you get the actual bloodline thing that goes back and there's a lot of talk about these bloodlines the Hasbergs the um the Saxon Coven Gothers and, and it actually goes further than that it goes into some of these Italian bloodlines that don't have the same DNAs that me and you me and you do but then I always come back to war war of the war of the worlds and the fact that it's the common cold that killed this alien race off and it always seems to be their fascination with I believe they're not like us these bloodlines they're not as well adjusted to this planet i'm not saying they're not of this planet i'm saying they have a different dna structure and they're not capable of of surviving what we're surviving and i feel like they're trying to make us as weak as them is that anything that you kind of come by or ever had a thought about because i feel like we are different from this small section of bloodlines and they are jealous of our immune system that's interesting i mean i to be quite honest i don't know much about that angle of the topic but i it's i mean if based on what you're saying it's very fascinating the idea that this would be like i'm just trying to theorize the logic there so if that was what hypothetically killed them then they would want us to be i mean the common cold though has continued to circulate and that this is and they're both coronaviruses right so the idea would be essentially to make us as weak as them to what end i guess i don't know i mean it's it's interesting to me but the thing that comes to mind is is that the there's, there's a peer-reviewed study that came out, and I've actually never even gotten around to talking about this. I have it off to the side in another conversation, but that showed that the specific breakdown of the, of the blood uh, in regard to the effectiveness of how COVID affected people, and it showed you that specifically Ashkenazi Jews were the least affected in regard to every possible angle, which was really interesting to me. And I just, and I mean, I, I never, even with a the study, there wasn't an exact, a good direction for why that applied other than, I guess, to just make the jump to say, well, it's because the Ashkenazis made it or something like that, but there's no evidence of that, you know, but it just seems interesting that it would apply that way, right? So I think there is definitely, or, or even more so interesting, remember in the beginning where there was a conversation about the, the, the uh, not racial, but ideal, uh, basically making a bioweapon that would only affect a certain race of yeah. people, right? Yeah. And they've been talking about that for a long time. And I promise you that's something that they are working on or if not haven't already created. And interestingly enough, during all this in the beginning, remember we had that case that rose up in the middle of Iran. No discernible connection. You couldn't find any tracing how it got there. And it was even a different case than all the things around it. And they just, everyone was baffled by it. And it was worse than all the other locations. And so did Italy right there. And then we and they showed that there was an a, a, a interesting connection between the, the genetic bloodlines from Italian to Iran. And they, there's an actual connection there. And so then you wondered, maybe somebody jumped into the situation and added something because they wanted to attack Iran and yeah. do it in recover of something else that was happening. You know, there's a lot of these conversations that just kind of got buried by everything. But I believe that there's something to that. There's something to this as DNA element as all this um, ancestry.com gets pushed at high hill and they obviously want to find out who is genetically connected to who and where these strands have gone that's clear yeah. as day that's been around for a long time they want to know what bloodline you are and then you get into going way back to to cain and abel's bloodline i've done some podcasts with some authors that write about cain and abel and obviously abel died or abel was killed by cain and they had seth and the two bloodlines split and that's that's real fascinating to me. Although I think it, it's an allegory in itself, I do think that there's a lot of truth in that allegory that there are another bloodline of people on this planet, mm. and these are the bloodlines that actually rule over us. I don't think they're reptilian or shapeshifty or anything like that. Although 
I still don't block anything out. But what I do believe is that they have a different bloodline to us. And I do believe they believe that it gives them the divine right to rule. And this right. is these are the families that are behind the likes of Bill Gates and that. But when you look into Bill Gates, like even the other day, I found a, a, a cracking video that tells you about the, the people behind the likes of Bill Gates. There's a there's a guy that, that co-founded um, Facebook that no one's ever heard of. And it's like you can find it if you really want to look at it. And I, I posted about it and the family and the companies behind that. So this guy who co-founded Facebook, he also he was the funder, his company, his corporation, sorry, his foundation was the actual funder for um, for Event 201, not the Rockefellers, not these people that you're thinking they are. And actually, when you have a look into their Wikipedia page, even that tells you that him and his wife, someone tuner, which is a great surname, him and his wife. So if you look into the co-founder of Facebook, you'll find it. Um, I can't remember the name of him off the top of my head. His, um, they give money to, they're the funders of uh, Bill Gates and, is it Wexler? Le- yeah, what, Leslie Wexner? Yeah. yeah. They're behind them. And you've never heard of him. And he's worth yeah. trillions. And, um, and he's, do you know what I mean? So we've done this work for a long time. I've never heard of this guy before. So you're everyone's looking at Mark Zuckerberg, and this is a trend that goes on. We'll be looking over here. So a, a way of getting in your head is if they're pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Damn right, there's something over there we shouldn't be looking at. Right, right. I mean, it's I always, always say the that. same. I, I always say that where I say, you know, basically when the media is pointing is pointing at something, the news is happening over there, right? Absolutely. Or whatever. It is. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to keep you looking anywhere else. But but I think the takeaway again for the average person, as I'm always trying to make that bridge for people, is that whether or not you believe that. And there's definitely interesting things to look in there. And I, there's documentaries and all sorts of things that'll blow your mind if you're interested in that topic. But whether or not you believe that that's the reality, think about whether they might think that, right? Exactly, whether someone yeah. like the likes of Bill Gates out there believe that they're from these ancestry line, or these lines and believe that gives them some kind of divine right to rule. I mean, this is a historical concept that shouldn't be dismissed, right? I mean, how about the fact that I've talked about this many times and this is an easily verifiable topic. The What's it called? The... Uh, there's something there's a name for the theory. I forget what it is. At the end of the day, that all every president historically, other than a few cat a few caveats, have been tied back to certain bloodlines, Charlemagne and so on. And that's yep. undeniable. I pointed that out with Clinton and Trump. Out of every single person running during 2016, the only two people that had ties back to those lines were Hillary and Trump. And what do you know? <laughs> They're the two people. I forgot even to do that with Biden and Trump. I don't even, I'm sure Biden probably has that connection too. The point is that it's clear that there is something to that whether it's just a like a nod to their history or however you want to look at it they do know that and they do care about it and then it's clear that they're i guess not supposed to talk about it absolutely yeah yeah i mean i think it's they have trump and hillary have i think it's like 13th auntie is the same and she's like a baroness and um they are related they are clearly right. related. It's all theater. We know it's theater. And that still gets to me today. You have things like and it rumbles heavily pushing Trump still. And you're like, hang on a minute. I know they've just gone. Um, I know I really love the platform, by the way. I do. But it's got Steve Bannon's on there. So you kind of like, hang on a minute. I've got problems with it. <laughs> yeah. Steve Bannon's on there. And you're like, mm, all right, fair enough. Coke Brothers and all of that. And I do want there's that side, which is a friend of mine, Neil Sanders, who we don't agree on 99 percent of this stuff. But Neil's stuff, he's very left. And he very kind of only points out certain things. But what he does point out is very much true in, in most ways. I, I completely, he's very good. But he talks about the Koch brothers and, and the fact that Facebook got Trump in there. So you're having people on Rumble talking about 
about oh um biden and trump and biden and facebook and all of this like and they're squashing this information i'm like but facebook we know through cambridge analytica and scl got trump in through right. bannon we know that so how can you miss out half the information chuck that away and still That's get me to point. believe you you're you're, you're you're there to stop me going there and i'm like you know that they've done exactly the same thing but just go back to that it's dustin maskovich or moskovich he was a co-founder of Facebook. He still owns, I think, 2% of it, and he's worth 22.2 billion. He's the uh, co-founder of Facebook you've never heard of, Dustin Moskovich. And um, and I believe it, some of the characters in, in that film, social media, hinted towards this guy because you cannot look at him and not look at Seth, I think it's Seth Green or Seth Rollins. So he is um, open philanthropy, and they're the guys that were behind Event 01. Right. Yeah. And they're also the guys that are behind people like Warren Buffett, sorry, and Bill Gates. So it says here, this is the Wikipedia page of his wife. Um, so I can't remember her first name, but it's something Tuna. She's got, she's kept her last name. Um, along with her husband, which is Maskovich, is a signer of Bill Gates and Warren Buffett's giving pledge. So you've got to, like, I'm not very good at this stuff, but even I can find that stuff out, is that there's people behind people behind people. And that's just there. So he's worth $22.2 trillion, um, He's not worth anything compared to some of these black and blue families. And this is what we need to understand is that we're only going to get so far if with these people. And we do, as a society, probably need these families in place because we've had them. We don't really, if they all went and they went, we probably would be screwed without them. Because do we know how to live without them? Can we go back a few hundred years and live without these people? Do do you know what I mean? I would be willing to give it a shot. I think it would take a lot of i think we would need to kind of like there's 6.4 billion um, million people in the uk that haven't taken any jabs which is a good chunk of people that means that they can't do what they want they do in austria here that's 6.4 and that's what they're telling us so it's probably more than that they haven't taken anything let alone taking the second one and these boosters that are coming out so is that that number is going to rise massively so they know that they can't really control a population of that size that's over probably 5 million, which is around about what New Zealand is. What are your kind of thoughts on, just just segueing away from that, um, population size and how they're testing this out on, on different sides of populations, what they can control, because they're not really, this is too big a place in the UK to do it in that, that way, I believe. I kind of think you hit it on the head there, at least the most obvious possible example or answer there is, I mean, it's pretty clear, even even, even like the BMJ and different studies have made it clear that the highest in the CDC said this out of the five highest transmission locations in the United States, four of them are the highest vaccinated areas. Right. So I think what we're seeing, Australia, Australia, New Zealand are good examples of places that got quick, massive administration of vaccines because they were very forceful and they're still forcing it. And the higher the vaccine administration went, the more restrictive they became. Now, they argue that's because of different things, variants or unvaccinated or whatever. But you look at places that don't have that high rate. Why aren't they aggressively locked down even more? Maybe your point, maybe you hit it on the head there that the idea is that they can't for some reason because they don't have what they want yet. Right. They need to have most people kind of locked in with this injection and they and then they continue to do the lockdowns and continue to do the actions. But if they lock everybody down when you don't have these things, let's say you have half the population, it doesn't. Well, that appears to be a control group, doesn't it? A group that won't have something happen to them, where the other group will be over here struggling, where you can't just go, oh, it's because of this other new example thing we're pointing to over here. It's not happening to everybody, so that's not true. 
So I think that's probably the best example. But to the larger point, I think that they're always striving for multiple angles from within the agenda, right? There's other things happening. Like I point to things like a Gavin Newsom or, you know, the low, so they're just trying to take charge of something to politically gain in a situation Mm -hmm. to jump ahead and do this, to gain more money or get more votes. And so there's a lot of other agendas that are also happening around at the same time, you know, so whether that affects what they do with certain populations is something to consider. But yeah, I, I think all of this is a massive experiment. I mean, we're being tested on, they're trying new things. And even then to add to that, people like you and I are screwing things up, right? We're not, it's not going the way they wanted because we woke up enough people. And so the, the, the things shift. It's an ever shifting, ever evolving plan that j- jumps into a new direction. Like, you know, I think if this would have gone the right way, we would have already been locked into something, right? They've already been shifting into climate change and whatever else, but now it's kind of not. You know, like you said, they kind of tested the water and we pushed back and said, oh, okay, not time for climate change lockdowns yet. <laughs> you know, and they kind of roll back around. I think that's what's happening. That's why we, it's, it's never over. They will circle back and fight it from another angle for infinity. So we have to always be vigilant and keep fighting back. That's a good point. So it comes back to, um, to what we were talking about earlier, how this is a, a life choice because we never, we are going to have to fight this for the rest of our days i don't want my son growing up in a world like that and he can only do so much but and he has to find his own way and, and, and his own beliefs essentially but i want to get him to the age he's only two years old um not even two yet and uh, but this is me and you it's going to sound really awful but this is what we do for the rest of our days now unless we suddenly have an aneurysm and we can't remember any of it which might be quite I mean, nice sometimes that doesn't sound awful. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, it's an honorable thing. I mean, cause especially because, you know, Richard, my opinion, you know, I consider you a friend. I think you do this for the right reasons. You know, you care about what you're doing. You care about people that are around you and, and how these things affect them and people that don't have the platform to stand up and make these statements. You know, we speak for them, you know, so it's whatever, whether it's about COVID or foreign policy or whatever becomes the next thing that they're trying to hide from you, you and I will be there to fight it and to point it out, you know, and take the stance that other people don't have the ability to take. I, I find that to be hopeful and hope maybe other people will rise up and do the same thing, you know, and it can become, it, it can begin to feel insurmountable. I think that they always try to make that happen. I just think that people like us will rise above that because we're probably made to do this. Yeah. And I think that we know this so well um, that, that collectively, there's so much, so many good things that we good at different, but collectively um, right. we're, we're very, very strong. And look, as you say, there's not that many of us and look how much it's slowed it down. And yeah. the only, and more they push it, the more people are looking into these things and they're becoming researchers, they're becoming podcasters. Yes. Yeah, some of them are in it to try and make money. Some, which I have no problem with, by the way, at all. I'd rather right. they have some money than, than this guy with another 22 trillion and adding to his over the last two years i have no problem with that at all i really don't i have a problem with derailing it or doing it to through to make yourself look good and then going completely doing something different in your personal life that pisses me off now i've seen a lot of that that really pisses me off but also then i think well at least to be honest that does piss me off but you're still adding to it like people can still take the information and then leave it because actually the only real truth is the point of reception someone can go i believe that or i don't yeah well I, I think it's important to add to that that you know as long as the truth is the objective like i don't care if you set out i mean i, I shouldn't say i don't care i mean i have my opinions about why and how but that's it's all subjective and what we think is the right thing you know it, it, i don't as long as if you set out to just make money by doing this and your second end point is to use the truth to do that i have no problem with that 
as long as the truth is the truth and you're not just using the truth as a category to make money and you're willing to alter that and lie about it and manipulate it in order to continue making that money, right? Money can't be the primary end goal because I think it will end up manipulating what you're trying to, the truth. You know what I mean? And so it's just hard because I think right now we're at a point where it's not just like, we're just, this is a nine to five. Like, I think we're all beginning to see that what we're doing, whether this was our job or not, is about like saving humanity. This is about fighting back against some real evil stuff that's happening right now. And so it's like, I'm at a point now where maybe a year ago, I might've been like, yeah, you know, there are people here just to get the job done. I'm a point now, I'm where everything needs to be put aside. <laughs> it's like, this is a battle. We are on the front lines of a legitimate revolution against something that's happening. And that's all that matters to me. I know not everybody sees that, or maybe I'm wrong, you know? So I think to, to agree with your other point is that if people who come out and, and are willing to lie about these things or just act like they're fighting for the truth to make that money, I do disagree with that. But as long as the truth and is something sacred to you and you go from there, then I, however you go about it is, is okay with me because you can't do this without funding. That's the truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, they have million billion dollar budgets for what they do. And you got a, a podcaster asking to sell a shirt and suddenly he's a shill. You know, it's like, come on, guys, we need to be realistic about what's happening. Yes, they could be. But let's have proof and evidence before we make allegations about people that are just maybe trying to fight for the truth. Yeah. And you've got, you got a problem about a podcast where telling you selling you a shirt, but you haven't got a problem about a person force forcing an experiment in your arm i'm not right. trying to shove this well i don't sell him but you're not trying to shove the shirt over your head and pin you down i'd like <laughs> and take five out your wallet that's what they're doing but with vaccines for god's right. sake and you're even see, selling the, drugs the, to you constantly the, the, <laughs> yeah yeah on the telly yeah we don't really have that so much over here but we have our tv presenters are so fucking stupid that they wouldn't be able to sell you anything anyway honestly they are the most the dumbest people you ever met they put the dumbest people on on the daytime telly and it's amazing to watch yeah it, the salad brains it <laughs> here especially it is really really awful um but it, it's also you wouldn't this isn't i had the same conversation with gareth um it's harder to stand up to this stuff than it is to go along with it so why would you do this unless you really really wanted because eventually yes there might be a bit of money in for you but it ain't worth it if someone's running on your door and starting to take your job away from you and you're getting this sort of stick online all the time. I don't tend to get it because my shows are tight. I'm a back end type person. I kind of make content for other people and I do this to meet you guys and I have a small audience and, and, and so forth. And I get the odd person go, you've woke me up and it's really nice. And I get that. It's lovely. But most of the time I've not got a huge audience. I don't really kind of put myself out there because I, I am, I'm an editor. I'm a filmmaker really. Um, but you wouldn't do this because this isn't, you don't get any praise for this. No one's coming up to you like online. And do you know what I mean? You're not getting a, getting loads of money from this. You're not getting a tens of hundreds of thousands of pounds. You're all you're getting is shit really. And shill. And you're, you're a fake and you're a con artist and you're a liar and you're manipulating people. It's not particularly pleasant doing this sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I, so I would argue that absolutely. And I've been, I made this point for a long time, but, and there's two sides there too, because there's also a lot of really great things that happen from good people that, that reach out and say, you know, like you said, that, oh, you know, you showed me this or because of you, I now see it, you know, that kind of thing. There's a lot of good too. And it's, it's, it's equally right. But I think what's important is that before this ever started, I was making the same argument that there's a lot, I, I would argue an, an agenda to have people that are new budding people, whether it's a podcast or whatever, come out and attack you for trying to make donations 
right? And say like, you're a shill because of this and you can't, you're only in this to make money. And, and I made the point then, I was like, if you genuinely think that this is a profitable industry, you're a child. Like this yeah. is the most difficult thing. I've, I mean, you know, long it took me to even make this turn a single profit at all. Yeah. And even today, you know, we're still going, we're still, you know, it's just, it, it's contingent on people who continue to support it because I, I a long time ago tilted away from any kind of other revenue and just left it up just strictly to the people out there that support me, which was a good choice in my opinion. But it's impossible. Like if you, if I wanted to make money doing this, I would have jumped into the partisan conversation. I would have gone QN on Russiagate or whatever you wanted to do and bleeded the talking points from the mainstream media. And I would be, have a million followers, you know, and, and then I could put ads on it and make a million dollars, right? That's not what this field does. We get attacked, we get suppressed, we get censored. You're fighting back against literally everything. And on top of that, look at people, I, you know, I always use him because it's the best example, Dr. Jensen, who came out in the beginning of all this and said something that's verifiably true, that you made more money for putting COVID-19 on the death certificate than you did for something else. He was very clearly shown to be correct and he, nothing changed. He got attacked. He lost his practice. You know, he's doing great things for us now, you know, doing his own thing on the side. But that's what they showed you. Like you get screwed over if you stand up for this right now. Mm. And, and, that, and it goes before COVID as well, you know? So your point is that they, I think they've tried to frame it as a way that if you ask for money or rather make anything by doing this, that you're not doing it for the right reasons. And that's ridiculous because how in the world are we supposed to fight back if we don't have any resources behind our efforts? You yeah. know, and I feel like it's a planned thing to make us question that. And then you get other people in the alt community that go after the other people that somehow start making money by doing it by just grace of God or whatever else you want to call it, you know, finding a right avenue, getting a good advertiser, whatever they choose to do. Then they get attacked by those that aren't because they get mad. They're not getting it or whatever. And then they, they lash out, you know, it becomes this internal battle that was created. So we divide against each other. Yeah. I genuinely think that. I absolutely think that. Yeah, it is. It's um, why would people begrudge paying for information that they want like why would you begrudge paying for it anyway and the one i i get which always made me laugh um, and not i get we all get is the truth should be free i'm like the truth is free fish are free water's free but you need to go down to the river and get the bucket and pull the water out and filter it and you need to go and eat that get that fish and purify it before you eat it or you'll shit your pants so what we're doing is taking the information filtering it and giving you that and you're paying for the service of us finding it out for you then you get to decide whether it's true or not you're not paying for the truth you're paying for the delivery of the truth right. and that's, that's what i'm saying so people don't so that's always my, my comeback is you're not paying for the truth the truth is free but you have to go and get it yourself right. you're not willing to so here you come and you pay a small amount of money for the truth and you like it and you get it you don't mind paying for netflix you don't mind paying for Amazon. You don't mind paying for that. And this is another service. You're paying for the service of the truth that you feel like the world should be. And that's exactly what it is. So you're not, we're not charging you for the truth. We're charging you for the delivery of the information. And that's because we're charging you for our time. And the only thing I, I, you ever do in work is you charge for your time. That's the right. only thing, the only asset you ever have. I like the other point that you made there, though, is that it's essentially it's your responsibility, right? I mean, that's one of the tenets of, of freedom in general or any kind of free society or government, you know, democratic society. It's self-responsibility. It's on us to seek out the truth, the individual, mm -hmm. right? And I, this is whether you have somebody out there screaming, I have the answer, come look at me and nowhere else, or somebody who's saying, here's information, look at it all for yourself and come to your own conclusions. The point is that you should look at all of them, factor it in. And the, the problem today is that they, some the 
first thing I hear in somebody's, oh, that's just too much work. It's like, well, then you don't care then. Yeah, they don't act yeah. like you want the truth if you're going <laughs> to quibble about how hard it is. Like, it's difficult. Life, responsibility, freedom, these things are difficult. It's problematic. It's going to be a struggle. If you don't, if you're not okay with that, then you don't care about freedom. Right. I mean, that's the reality. It's not handed to you on a plate. It's not handed to you at all. Governments don't give you freedom. You have to fight for it tooth and nail. That's history. That's where we are today. We need to see that. They don't give you freedom. But what they do is they swap your freedom for ease of comfort of living. And this is what's happened with the vaccines. You want a vaccine to save you from the common cold. Or you could eat better. Get down the fucking gym. Right. Take care of yourself. Boost your immune system. Which one are you going to do? easy to get a vaccine and also can you get one so i don't feel bad about it and that's where we're at you want the ease of life you want to just easily live we've been given god-given immune systems do you think some numpty in a in a lab can create something that you're that's better than what you've been given by and i don't care if you believe in a god i don't necessarily believe in god i'm not religious and I'm, I'm not at all spiritualism i I've, I've like bits of everything but i can't anyway get my brain around you telling me that someone who's a who's a faulty human like i am or like we all are is created something better than we were given naturally right tell me that that person can go out of their house and create the world that we have the, the beautiful natural world then i might listen to the fact they might be able to create an immune system better than the one i was given at birth because until they do you're talking shit and the fact is that you don't want to do the work and that's where it comes down to. So what you're doing, you're buying into an ease of life. You're buying into your vaccine passports. You're buying in, into no one's around me. It might give me a cold. You're buying into all of these things you don't have to do now or worry about because I get taken care of you. And you'll happily give your freedoms away for the fact that you will be told what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And you don't really care. But those of us that don't want that are now the enemy. Well, that's fine by me. Because I want my responsibilities and I want to be able to make my decisions because you can't have one without the other. I have to take the responsibility for my actions and therefore I get in, in response, my gift my, um, for that is I get to make the choices. You can't take my responsibilities away and also take my choices away. Exactly. And that's what you want. You want us to not have any responsibility or choices. Yep. That's a robot. Right. That's chattel. That's what they want. They want us to just be usable pieces of, of you know, it, it comes down to how we can be abused as, as you know, like go, pointing back to something like the school system and how, at least in the United States, how it's based off a Prussian system, right? And this is historically easy to verify. It is made and designed to produce obedient workers. That's what our school system is made to do. You, you could think back to all the time lining up and your hands raised and everything where, you know, it's all about yeah. one specific style and, or even looking at our medical system, which is still based on a world war II triage system, which gets you just good enough to get back out there. Right. It's all designed to keep us working in the direction of what they're trying to achieve while selling it all to us as the best possible thing. All I care about is choice. I want to be able to make my choice for my life and how I want to do it without coercion or manipulation. And, that used to be called bioethics. Like they used to be called, you know, looking at things like the UNESCO document that clearly shows you that there is no informed consent if there's coercion, right? Yeah. It's just obvious. And they don't care about any of this, right? They're trying to sell it to people like you're making clear that just would rather take the lazy choice. And that has been instilled in them over the process of decades of social engineering. And what they want is their cake and eat it too. They don't want to have, they want all the choices, but none of the responsibility. Right. And that's what they want. They want the choice. And also when this, this vaccine damages people, 
which is doing, they don't want to take responsibility for the fact that. So you're, you're, me and your anti-vaxxers, no, we're not. We don't just want this experimental gene therapy or vaccine, if you want to call it a vaccine, or they change the definition, as they keep doing. In, um, in April of this year, they changed the definition of a vaccine to include mRNA. Marion Webster, she also changed the definition of an anti-vaxxer as well at the same time. So they're, they're word-holding, memory-holding words and changing language. It's mad. Well, what? One thing I would add to that, though, I've pointed this out on Twitter, is it actually the, the change to include the change to anti-vaxxer actually took place in 2018. I went back on the way yes, back machine and yeah, found it. Right. But, the, yeah. but, but here's the important part to the, what the point is they did make a, an important change. And this was in 2020, 2021. I think actually I think it was the beginning of 2021, which was to change the word from law to mm -hmm. regulation. That's it, and so yeah. they now said, no, now the law enforcing forcing injections. Now it says regulations forcing injections. So now you don't even need a law. You just need one person in a political position, political position, putting down a mandate. And now you're an anti-vaxxer if you don't agree with that. So what that also does, does that, Brian, is it changes definition of law and regulation. It switches right, them around. Right. Good point. Good point. I mean, this is this is nothing. Is you don't need laws anymore. You need regulations now. There's no you don't need laws. You don't break laws anymore. You break regulations now. And you Good get point. the same punishment as breaking a law. You don't need laws. There's no laws. It's a law. are just getting land. rid of the illusion of some kind of democratic process. And <laughs> I, I argue it was an illusion before this as well. Of course it was. We know that. We know that. Ryan, well, I love chance you, mate. You always do. Thank you for giving me your time. Where can people find your work and connect with you? Uh, the last American vagabond.com is the best place to go always because we have all the links and, and you know other pl platforms to go check out. As I always say, don't let other platforms be the conduit for you and our work come directly to our, our our websites go directly to iconic right go right to the whole the source but right now the best platforms are going to be the super U, odyssey BitChute, uh rockfin um you know and a speckling of others i'm not a big fan of rumble i am posting on there but i see rumble as kind of being the the, the youtube 2.0 they're mm -hmm. already censoring by the way i've heard multiple people tell us that you know, and, and you have to pay to get lots of reach. And it's very, you know, it's, it's a centralized platform and it's tied into all the same problems that got YouTube that created the YouTube problem, right? So what we need is the decentralized different platforms out there, you know, like the ones I listed off, but those are the best place to find me. Just continue to look up what we're talking about and look at lastamericanvagabond.com. I appreciate the time, Richard. I always enjoy talking to you, man. No, I do as well. It's always good fun. Um, um, also, how can people support you though? To go to your website, how can they keep you going? doing the work that you do oh thanks for thank you for asking that I, I rarely get into that on my show and people always point that out but so the, the right now the with all the censorship we were weirdly just censored by the way on buy me a coffee which is the new thing that we did after patreon censored us and they even admitted it. i just showed it on the show they sent me a letter that said well we did remove it because of reports we got but your con <laughs> but it wasn't your content though that's what they said which is really strange so i'm like what reports and from who but they removed it and then put it back Right. So that's I, I argue that that's not a safe place to go. I would argue you go anywhere else, but it's still there. People want to use it. But I would say the best thing to do right now is go to Super U and use the donation factor on that platform. Uh, go to uh, Subscribestar. That's a good one that you can still use. Cash App, which is also not a good one to use, but it's there. Or we have our P.O. box on there. Just direct send right to our P.O. box. I mean, that's the best thing until we find some new way to go around it. or always cryptocurrency. That's always on the platform as well. All those are on the website for you guys to check out. Awesome, guys. I'll put all the links below. Please do go and support Ryan's work. He's one of the guys that is dedicated five days a week to those oh, lives. Sorry, Come, I, have, no. I should say this because I'm stupid for not saying it because I'm wearing the new shirt anyway. Also, truthclothing.io is the, the clothing. I, I never, I'm such a bad self-promoter. I never get into like, <laughs> so I always, I always forget stuff. But th this is a cool new shirt that they designed over there. 
Truth Clothing is, is a site run by another, another truth outlet, you know, that uh, Nathan Stoltman, if you guys are familiar with his work, does a great job. And so he, he is also supporting the truth, you know, and, and doing a great job at it. So check out the shirts, question everything and all that there as well. So thank you, Richard. Appreciate that's it. That's the thing I, I think what we need to do as well is swap shirts and wear each other's shirts yeah, yeah. on different shows because that. that's something that we need to start doing. I think we should order all of, the, all of us guys, especially the guys from... Um, um, what's the one the union unwanted and, and yeah. uh, which is a great show by the way cheers right. ryan i will put the links below thank you for your time and and anything you ever need let me know it's a pleasure to stand in the trenches with you mate you too brother thank you take care i'm unapologetically fly i don't wonder why that's just my attitude yeah okay hey, that's just my uh.